you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog. I got into a really interesting discussion over on Locker Room this past week with the Mad Thinker, uh, Mike, and I hadn't realized how much the Cleveland blogosphere has changed and how much of it is just gone. Uh, when I came up as a writer, you know, I mean, I came up back in 07, and when I was at Scout, it was like tw- 2013, I want to say was my first year over there, uh, maybe 2014, 2014's where I started at Scout, now I think about it. But, like, that year at Scout, like, I remember before I got that gig at Scout, like, I applied to, to write at Waiting for Next Year, and I had some offers to write at a few other places, and Waiting for Next Year is still around, uh, you know, doing their thing. And, you know, they're still uh, covering the corners, which used to be did the Tribe win last night. But, I, like, I remember going down to AA Akron, you know, as my own thing for Scout, and there being an IBI guy there, and, like, three other Cleveland Indians blogs. And now there's, like, two Cleveland Indians blogs. It's crazy. I mean... I know like uh, a lot of the Burning River people are now over at IBI and things like that, but uh, I didn't realize how much that had changed and how much like uh, everything had changed through the years with that. I, I would love to hear what happened to back in the day you know, I was over looking at IBI. And again, I'm not, you know, both my co-hosts are from there. Justin's a great dude. Don't take this the wrong way. But like, I remember when I started writing there and even when they went to scout, like the message boards were a huge component of that. And it's not as much anymore. And I was like, oh, man, I know I hadn't checked in in a while just because I was kind of doing my own thing. But the uh, the draft room over on those boards used to be fantastic with, like, Ohio Baseball and Rocky. Those are the guys. So if you guys are listening to the show, where are you now? Uh, not as like a, hey, what happened? More like, where, where do you guys talk about baseball still? Uh, sometimes they would set me up with good information, as good as some of my scout contacts. So I hope they're well. Yeah, it was just kind of sad to see. Uh, I just wanted to comment on that here at the top of the show. I hadn't realized just how much things had changed, how much, like, you know, it's either you're fan-sided. Uh, fan-sided also, I still want to say, has an Indians blog. Uh, they used to have a really, like, top-shelf one there with Casey, Matt, and TJ. Uh, I'm not sure who's in charge of it now, but it, it's just hard. Like, the daily consistency of doing anything is rough. Uh, it takes a lot of willpower and a lot of uh, focus to do, and I appreciate anyone who does it. But, man, there was... I didn't realize for a time there, I was writing in the golden age where there were four to five like legitimately contending Indians blogs putting out daily content with, like I said, three to four guys at AAA on a nightly basis. Uh, it also made me feel old in the respect that, man, I go and I look at these groupings, it's like all those guys... <clears throat> excuse me, that I kind of came up with. Some of them went on to other things, like Danny Cunningham's done a lot of NBA stuff. Uh, Spencer, I'm blanking Spencer's last name. Spencer does a lot of NBA stuff as well. Those are like my first group, along with uh, Jake Dungan, who doesn't do it anymore, and Daniel Sheriff, who still does, uh, he writes for uh, paper now. Uh, yeah, I know this is supposed to be locked on Indians, not locked on nostalgia, but it's just one of those things. I, I was, it's just kind of sad, you know, to see that uh, what I used to be such a huge part of my world is now kind of a smaller thing. Uh, but enough of that. Enough of getting into the weeds 
about uh, the old days, the Cleveland blogosphere, and the like. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's just overkill with the Indians. It, sometimes I think it helps you to bottom out. It, I think it does help a team's fan base to bottom out, to kind of chase draft picks and the like, especially when you're Cleveland. And that's all, those are national holidays. And I, I do wonder if that's affected some of those things like that. But let's, let's talk some other stuff. Let's talk Bradley Zimmer. I wanted to pull up a few bits of information. So Justin Lada, who I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, at jail underscore baseball, had this great tweet that, you know, the White Sox paid Adam Eaton a lot of money. And they designated him for assignment back on July 7th. Uh, since that time, and he was just designated for assignment again, by the way, by the Los Angeles Angels. But since that July 7th designation for assignment, Bradley Zimmer is hitting 289, 355, 470, a 124 runs created plus, 31.2% strikeout. Not ideal, but it was at 35. And a 7.5 walk, it's interesting that has also dropped. Four home runs, four stolen bases. And in that small sample size, about 90 plate appearances. Again, you know, you have to comment and realize that. But the other big thing there, honestly, is... Over the course of a whole season, those are 2020 numbers. Bradley Zimmer is giving you, uh, you know, you go over to Baseball Savant page for him. Uh, we don't have necessarily his defensive uh, value chart. Hopefully, eventually he'll get to the minimum marking where you can see a little bit more for him with that. But he's been, I mean, almost every single year an elite defender. If I just go down to his defensive data, I'm sure it'll show that. Uh, and I can look at some things like, you know, his exit velocity is quite good. It's just things he doesn't qualify for. His max and his average are great. His barrel percentage is bad. He's doing a lot of things well. His expected weighted on base is weighted on base. Uh, his expected batting average is not high, but everything else is really looking good for him, except for the strikeout percentage. That's going to be an issue for him going forward. He is 29 years of age. This is not a guy where you're like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be, uh, you know... He, you're not going back and saying, like, okay, there's a lot of growth potential with him necessarily. You think maybe he could show some improvement, though, just because of injuries and missed time through the years. Uh, his outs above average, his, he, I mean, he's plus six over the year. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, if I went to leaderboards for outs above average, for instance, a how many guys are there right now who are plus uh, six or better, that would be, uh, you start at the 27th ranked player. And again, Zimmer's done it in a lot less time. So the players, you have a total number of 36 or better. Nolan Arenado, for instance, Harrison Bader, uh, you know, those are names you've heard of as elite defenders. Uh, Zimmer has done as much defensively and his short time, because remember outs above average is definitely one of those like war. The more you play, the better your opportunities. Matt Chapman won. Nicobed 2, Francisco Lindor 3 for all of his issues. Defense is still there. Andrelton Simmons and the Nicky Lopez in Kansas City at 5. Man- Manuel Margot and the recently extended Brandon Crawford taking us down to the 6th uh, and 7th spots. But so you're getting elite level defense. You're getting a guy who's showing 2020 possible production. Uh, you're getting the elite running ability. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if Bradley Zimmer is more than a fourth outfielder. But I think he's a really good fourth outfielder. I think he is a strong platoon candidate. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that can go well. And I just, end of the day, Bradley Zimmer, when you get down to it, I know I say end of the day way too much. 
I mean, I could go into like his month by month data, like runs created plus 106 and a 101 July and August, like just solid and steady. Over the course of the year, he still has like the fourth best bat uh, in Cleveland in terms of the runs created plus this year. But for this player, okay, this is, he's up to 61 games played. That is the second highest amount of games he has played in his career. 2017, he had 101 games before he got hurt. He had a 1.6 war that year. This year, he's got a .9 war. So you you pull that out, right? 61 games, you double it, you get to 1.8. That gets you to, yeah, what, another .5? Like, he's, he's over two wins. He is over a league average player in terms of his war if he played every day. That's just the truth of the matter. That's where it is with him. And is he perfect? No, he's not. Is he a starter? I Again, I don't even necessarily feel comfortable saying that. But based on what the Indians have put out there in the outfield over the years, he is absolutely a starter for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, that whole grouping of fling it to the wall and see if it sticks, he's, I mean, head and shoulders above for me. We, we've talked about Harold Ramirez, and I know there are still people who are buying Harold Ramirez. But when it gets down to Harold Ramirez, it's that when you have one trait, it, it's hard for that player, and especially when they're not a good defender. And that's what you see with Harold Ramirez. And I'm just going to keep hammering this. Bradley Zimmer is better than you think. Uh, go look at the numbers. Tell me, again, you can point out his issues, his strikeouts, uh, the things like that. But at the end, I'm not going to say that line again because I'm saying it all the time in podcasts. I've noticed now as I go back and edit and listen. When it comes to Zimmer, he's showing 20-20 potential, league average bat, and elite level defense. You take that every single day of the week, again, as your fourth outfielder. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind uh, when you're looking at Johnson, Mercado, you look at Ramirez, Zimmer is safely ahead of all of them just based on what he's been able to do this year when he's finally healthy. Who knows if he can maintain that? Who knows what's going to happen the rest of the way or just with his body physically? You know, It's not just the Zimmers. I saw the White Sox just designated one of the Birdie brothers who – both were high picks as flamethrowers and just couldn't stay healthy. There is always that genetic component. But bottom line for me, Brad Zimmer has proven he deserves to be there. He deserves to be a part of this Cleveland Indians team going forward, and he's earned his spot, in my opinion. Tell me what you think. Am I being crazy? Are you still out there? Uh, is this like when I overhyped Harold Ramirez after you know that good first month? I said I think the difference for me is more the fact that just we now have an extended window into Bradley Zimmer and. Uh, we are seeing the production to go with. I, I was taking out an old scouting report on him. This will be kind of my favorite, favorite, no, final note here, where uh, Fangraphs, you know, at the time Kylie McDaniel was comparing him favorably to Christian Yelich. Now, I don't think we're ever going to get there, but gives you an idea of how high the profile was on him once, what people liked and what they saw, and why I'm willing to believe that there could be, again, an elite defender with 2020 potential. I said right now he's on pace for a little less than three war if he played a full season I, that profile is more of a four war player that would be a phenomenal the Indians have not really had many of those types but even if he's not that uh, with his defensive profile I would settle for even slightly below average he's been an above league average bat uh, you give me a league average bat with that uh, defensive value and that's going to be one of the best corner outfielders this team has seen recently and I can't help but laugh because everyone, including myself, is like, they need to add outfielders. They need to add outfielders. Well, they added straw with the way Zimmer is playing. I know they're often platooned with each other. Just let those two play. 
uh, what they're going to do for your team's defense in the outfield, you make it work, and you just flip them, right? One hits first, and one hits ninth, and depending on if you got a righty or a lefty, you flip the other one around, and you got that other outfield spot for whoever else can nail it down, but it sets the team up for a situation they haven't had in a long time, which is maybe we feel kind of okay about where this outfield's going, and when you consider the places, the people and the prospects that are getting closer, I should say, uh, it looks even better for these Cleveland Indians. So betonline.ag is one of our official sponsors. Uh, if you are curious, I'm recording as this goes going on. It's currently a tie game. Uh, no, I did not go and put money on uh, Cal Contrell, even though I was very tempted to go to betonline.ag when they're giving the Indians a run and a half. I know the Indians are the way team. I get home and away and all that stuff. Uh, all the errors. Minnesota is trying to give this name to Cleveland. They're trying to help whoever did go over to betonline.ag using that promo code locked on uh, to get that run and a half to have a very good chance of being the victors. Because right now, if things don't blow up, this is going to be a situation where you know the uh, <laughs> this could be a one-run game. So remember that is betonline.ag promo codes locked on to get a five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. If I had gone there and done that. Yeah, I wouldn't have put a ton in, let's be honest. But if I put in some of the, the podcasting money I got, uh, right now I might be looking at uh, a nice return on investment. If you have the skills and the knowledge and the guts, go to betonline.ag, promo code locked on. With the game ongoing, I reached out, decided to do a mailbag. I didn't have a whole bunch going on for this. I could talk about the weirdness of the Justin Garza being used in high leverage and how he's coming back to earth could talk about what's going on in this game itself but we'll hold off that's going to be a segment three we'll see if we get there we'll see if uh this game finishes up but until then mailbag i hit it up we got some questions let's go through uh at bronx cards fan ed from the bronx valera stud factor fiction uh stud but the asterisk is again low a or even high a i'm sorry is it high a High A is, uh, is far from proven. I, I'm just the old man here shouting at clouds. Uh, but there's been... Go look at what you know, Clint Frazier and Bradley Zimmer did. At, uh, go look at Clint Frazier and High A during his breakout year. Nothing is guaranteed. That's all I'm going to say. I, I think Stud, he does some very special things. Uh, but he has hard time with contact in High A. Now, I'm not, you know, the other side of things is I talk about, like, Ty Freeman being mostly contact and me not being as high on him because of that. But uh, when you have contact issues, those don't get easier. That's <laughs> just the truth of it. Uh, at SBrus81, Steve Bruss, how concerning is Karen Chalk's decline? Uh, he struggled the second half of last season as well. It's uh, incredibly uh, concerning because for him in particular... We know there's the spin rate data. We know this is a guy who took a leap uh, towards the middle of his minor league career, clearly using foreign substances based on his spin rate decline. And he's very much in his head. And that's something I've warned about for like a year and a half. I don't need to go into the stories again about how this is a player who can overthink things. Uh, he is in his head. He is trying to be too fine. And it's just going to lead to problems. He can still be a good reliever. But what he was doing with foreign substances made him into potentially the best reliever. Uh, he is not that, but could he still be an effective major league reliever? Absolutely. Uh, can he get it together? They need to 
sit down and work with him and figure out some things because right now he's just he's a mess uh, you know there's no no clean easy approach statement the guy is just a bit of a mess at rk4283 asks which is ryan Koch, why haven't they dfa'd uh, mercado yet and given anyone else every day at bats dj and rosario in the outfield gonzalez or jones i'd be happier with any of them i'd like to see dj or rosario the thing with Gonzalez is uh, they're not going to add him to the 40-man. That's just the truth. They're going to hope to slide him through and see what he can continue to do. It's a weird profile, so I don't think they expect him to get selected. And just, he's not a great defender, and there's he's all bat. So I think, while well, he's a very interesting player, I don't think he gets called up. And Jones, he's had a good year. It's crazy to me the same people who get so mad about uh, Nolan Jones and contact rates. Now, he does strike out significantly more. There is fairness in that. But who ignore the contact issues with the Valera? Where they, like I'm saying, they're both very good prospects. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, ignore the BA stuff that came out today. I thought uh, just some weird placement on the Indians uh, in general on that list. But when you look at this, I mean, I'd much rather see Rosario in the outfield, call up Arias. I've talked about it many times. Let's let's look at the infield of the future. Let's get Rosario reps out there. I agree. There isn't a whole lot of future with Mercado, Mercado on this team. I, I mean, what's the best you're hoping for there? Like, he was supposed to be Miles Straw. That's what Straw is giving them, is what he was supposed to do. Uh, it's just the way it needs to work out. Uh, it hasn't come together, and he has not done enough, and he's likely going to be designated for assignment. And that's going to end up being maybe a bad trade. Uh, Yoan Torres, uh, his prospect star has fallen a bit, and Connor Capel still really hasn't broken through or done anything, so it might just be a wash where at least the Indians got something out of it, but uh, I think he does end up getting DFA'd by the end of the year. Do we see a rise this year from at Bo Freak Bill Abel? Uh, I don't think we do. I mean, honestly, at this point in time, I think what they what we have seen is what we're going to get. Uh, when it comes to Arias and Jones, they'll get uh, some spring training time next year, probably after we get past that Super 2 deadline, but it just feels like they're going to wait and manipulate. They're going to burn two option years on both of those guys uh, before they get called up. We may not see, I thought for sure we'd be seeing Nolan Jones by midseason, but uh, they are playing the long game. And that is what it is. They are playing those guys and keeping them down there. Uh, they're not even playing Nolan Jones at any position. He, you know, they're not having him play first base. They're having him get some time in the outfield, but he's mostly been a third baseman this year. Which, read into that what you will. Uh, the guy who's arguably their top prospect, they are not moving off the position he has mostly played in the minors. Uh, when they have a one of you know when they have maybe the best third baseman in baseball. Uh, who's going to have two years left on his contract after this year and will be a peak tradeability. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we see Arias. I don't think we see Jones. It just that seems to be what they're setting up for is playing the long game uh, overall with this lineup. We're going to take our next break and then come back and talk about the game that is currently still in progress. One of those sponsors is rockauto.com, and I said it's a perfect site for do-it-yourselfers, but you can be like me and be a car moron and still take advantage of rockauto.com. One of the easiest things you can do to save money when it comes to your car is changing your own filters. You can watch a good YouTube tutorial on it. 
and you go to rockauto.com, remember in the little how'd you hear about us box, you're going to say locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indians, some form of locked on. My mechanic was going to charge 70 bucks. Uh, we bought our filters online and put them in ourselves for significantly less than that. You want to save some money? You want to have a little bit of extra cash to spend on some fun things? Change your own filters. Go to rockauto.com for yourself. Get the best deal possible. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Pox? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's talk about Wild Alaskan. <laughs> Every time I see this, I just think about Sully typing in our group chat, I pay for fish. Uh, it just, it's funny to me. And... I understand why, and uh, Sully's willing to pay for a product like this, because when it comes to Wild Alaskan, let's get the end on there, uh, it's sustainably sourced, it's wild caught, this is not farmed, tucked together, horrible life for these fish, it's you know, it's a morally responsible company selling you a fantastic product. You're getting that sustainably sourced wild caught seafood right to your door. You can choose between salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month there are new specials to explore. Each shipment contains individually wrapped portions of that fish. And again, it's, you know, they have their 100% money back guarantee on all of their selections. Get your nutrition from nature. We all need to eat more fish. It's the best protein you can find. Right now, I am on their website seeing what deals you can find over at wildalaskan.com box type. Wild Combo, Wild Whitefish, Wild Salmon Box. There you go. You can talk about those right now. I, the salmon looks good. I can tell you just looking at the picture, they, uh, they've at least arranged that very pretty on there. But here's the important part. Here's the part you do not want to miss if this is appealing to you. When you go to Wild Alaskan right now, you get $15 off your first box of premium seafood at wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskan.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. Wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know we sent you in IRL. Uh, so, bouncing back. I don't think I... No, I have no more questions to handle. Very, very impromptu. Uh, bad gateway. No, let's... Something go with the Indians game to cause a bad gateway. No, it is st currently still tied. So let's talk about this game. Two outs in the eighth inning. Karen Chuck on the mound trying to make things exciting because that's what Karen Chuck does. Uh, you know, not too bad for him. Right now he's just giving up one hit in the ninth. So Quantrell, not his best start of late, but it's kind of nice. Like he went five and gave up three earned runs. And that's his worst start in a month, month and a half. You'll certainly take that. Justin Garza, one-on-one innings, gave up. Uh, he gave up the tying run so far in this one. You know, the Indians had the lead, and he gave it up. I want to talk about his recent performances across the board in games uh, right now. And, you know, Blake Parker came in. Yeah, he's pitched very well. Uh, statistically, based on some stats, uh, it'll be interesting if they try to bring him back or not next year. I don't know what they do. No matter what, he's not getting brought back until later in the season because they can't uh, afford to mess around with the 40-man. But just to talk about Garza here, I wanted to pull up 
Uh, that's now his third straight game that he has given up an earned run in. Uh, he, Oakland, Cincinnati, and now Minnesota. Before that, he's seen his you know ERA jump from 235 to 46 uh, over his last three appearances. Teams are getting tape, and they're taking advantage of it a little bit with him. He is not uh, quite as dominant as he was in the early going. What's gone well for the Indians? Well, Bradley Zimmer's got two more hits and a walk, reached base three times, has a home run and a stolen pace. Uh, you know, it, yes, I, I'm talking like that, but yeah, I knew what he did. It's the reason why I let off the segment on more Bradley Zimmer talk. Now, in fairness, that tweet from Justin Lotta was either on Saturday or Sunday, and I had favored it then to talk about on the show. And I mentioned it I, either before or in yesterday's show when I was talking with Caleb that we would eventually come around to that if uh, we need more things to talk about. We didn't, but it certainly didn't help uh, or didn't hurt the point of view. And it's like you take everything I said about Zimmer and add another home run and another stolen base. And the guy's just, again, plus defender while he's doing that. Uh, Ahmed Rosario just continues to hit. He is not a shortstop. Putting him there hurts your team. It's just the truth of the matter. Having him at shortstop hurts the Indians. Now, uh, if this is coming from up on high, maybe it's intentional. Maybe they uh, they view this as a lost season. What's it really matter anyways? Fall a few more spots, end up with a pick. Yeah, The, the downside to Kumar Rocker not signing, if you're an Indians fan, uh, is... That, that means the Mets get, what, the 12th or 13th pick next year in the draft. They get that bonus high selection. So when I went to Tankathon recently, the Indians were slated to pick 13th uh, due to the Mets having the that other selection. The Mets are on, by the way. Uh, I know everyone talks about Francisco Lindor in his down year. We talked about what he's doing well defensively. But uh, that team in general is not, you know, they're better than they were a year ago. But yeah, should be when you make the trades and the signings you make. At the same time, they're not massively improved from a year ago. Who else has reached base twice in this one? Uh, that would be uh, Andres Jimenez with a walk and a hit. Uh, your extra bases, Rosario, who we talked about, and Austin Hedges. It's not been a bad game. We do my little box score add-ups. Seven hits for the Indians with three walks. And no hit batters, or I'm sorry, one hit batter, Owen Miller. So Owen Miller has reached base twice, then as no, he hasn't, just the one. Uh, and a wild pitch, though I don't count that. So you take the wild pitch, the four walks, so that gives you 11. But then you add in the four errors by Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy to me. Four, half of the runs so far in this game are unearned. Uh, Andre Elton Simmons had one of them. Polanco cave and then Griffin Jacks the pitcher it's always weird to me when uh, a pitcher makes a mistake and then the runs don't count against him even though he made the mistake and I know it's just keeping things uniform but still uh four errors but at the same time the twins have managed 11 hits and only have four runs uh, and they've also got three walks and a hit batter uh, in two hit batters so they've got 16 base runners that they have turned into four runs the Indians have what uh 15 into four both you know short story long long story short uh which one is this um, long story short uh these teams should both have more than four runs at this point in the game entering the top of the ninth when you've got 16 base runners between you both and you're you're scoring on a you know 25 percent 
it's kind of low. They should they should have a little bit more. Now it's not necessarily like they have to have 50. They don't necessarily need eight runs, but six would be accepted. Uh, if you remember going into this when the over under was 10, uh, I was saying I would probably go with the under just because Quanchalo's pitched so well. So yeah, if you took my advice, uh, things might be shaping up pretty nicely for you as long as this ends up being a a one run affair. Uh, let me know if anyone actually did. Uh, overall, it's this. It's the players that we've been talking about, though. It's Rosario, it's Quantrell, it's Zimmer. So far, those are your easy three stars in this one. Uh, they're the ones out there, you know, just doing the most. They're the ones performing super well. Uh, after this game, we can. You'd be able to go check and see. I mean, his, Zimmer's numbers are just going to keep going up. He's going to keep being. Uh, just an interesting player for the Indians. There is no reason at all he shouldn't play every single day. He should just play right and in le- and center a straw. And left field, I mean, if you... I personally would just rather see Daniel Johnson. I, I don't see what Mercado brings to the game. Uh, Harold Ramirez is hurt, but I'd rather see Johnson than uh, Harold Ramirez, honestly. So, but Zimmer, he's got the pedigree. He's got finally being healthy. Finally getting confidence in a groove. Straw is the player you went out and traded for. I was talking with uh, someone from Houston where Dusty Baker is apparently pissed off still about that trade. So, hey, you know, they, uh, uh, Houston management is not happy that they traded away Miles Straw. We talked about it on the show yesterday with Caleb. This is the best this lineup has looked this year, just in terms of players hitting, what is there, how everyone's performing. When you have Straw, Rosario, Ramirez, Reyes, Zimmer, that's pretty good. One to five, that's pretty solid. The rest of it is where you need to work things out. You know, if you had a healthy Bobby Bradley and he was six, you know, that'd be good to see. I would like to see. He was on pace for a 40 home run year. I don't know if he would have gotten there because he was definitely slowing down, but he was on that pace for a time. Uh, You know, him and as I want to see him play every day. So I'm totally fine with him being down there at eight or nine. Catcher is the catcher situation. Love. There is a a small percentage, but there's absolutely a chance that every catcher in the organization currently on the 40-man, all three, could be gone when the season's over, depending on play. Another one of those things, just to throw out there, not that he's going to be ready for the majors next year, but over at IBI, uh, they had a great piece where the top framing catcher in the Indians minor league system this year, Brian Levistita. You look at what he's doing in AA, <laughs> what he's done everywhere else, you know I love him. You know he is, was Mo, Morris and Lavastida were my helium guys, dating back to the end of 2019. So it's it's fun to see myself get something right. Doesn't happen all the time, but I definitely got with those two. But when you look at his framing value and what he's doing offensively, he's a slam dunk 40 man ad. Uh, we'll later this week hopefully have some time to do. I made my list. And I, I mentioned it before, but the ten players, and we're going to go through the 40 man itself and discuss how do we get there? How do we get these 10 guys on? And here's the other thing. They add 10 guys to this roster. They probably still lose a player, maybe two in the Rule 5 draft. That is in the situation and crunch that they're experiencing. Uh, right now, still a tie game with two outs in the top of the ninth. Rosario is up to bat. Uh, Straw had a single, so he did reach base, changing kind of my story about him where I said, oh, he hadn't gotten on base and and it feels like he always gets on through a walker hit at least once a game so we'll see if they can pull this off either way it was an interesting game and you know the the, like i said the lineup has some interesting parts 
They need something catching. What they have is just not tenable right now. Uh, Roberto Perez can't stay healthy. Are you going to pay him $7 million to be hurt? You know, a third to a half of the year. Uh, do you pay Hedges $4 million to hit worse than some pitchers? Uh, do you bring back Ramos when he can't really defend very well? I don't know. Uh, first base, like I said, you get Bradley back. And you just figure out the outfield. And, yeah, they could trade for someone. And I still wouldn't mind trading away. Like, Brian Rocoyo, I saw he's already up to, like, four home runs. Like, he's been going off in Akron. He's having a huge performance. And, again, this is not that I dislike the guy. He's probably going to be, like, my fifth-rated prospect in the Indian system. It's more that I really like the top four, and if you want to trade some, if you want to get something, you got to trade something. So he's one of those players that always comes up from that perspective for me. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians Podcast. Remember to download daily, rate, and review. It really helps the show grow. For the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians.